end of 2015. I can't believe it. It has just flown by so fast. Anyone else feeling like that? And I don't know, the older I get, the faster time seems to move. It's just, it is just whipping by. I remember when I was a kid, and most kids would feel this way, when you're in school and you're like, I can't wait to be done with school, right? Any, any Any kids in the house feel like you're like, just to be done with school and not have to go to school every day, and then you graduate and you go to college and you get done with that, and then you realize you go to work every day and it just keeps going. <laughs> but time is speeding up, and Megan and I were, you know, Facebook does this thing where it brings up memories. You ever seen that on your timeline? And it says, five years ago today, this was happening. I don't like those memories much because um, I'm looking at my kids going, how did we get from there to here so quickly? And it's just flying by. What, the end of the year, of course, is a time where most people kind of look back and take stock and evaluate and look at the year and go, what kind of year was this? And what kind of year do I want this next year to be? What are the things, you know, of course, any goal setters, you're like, just at the end of the year, you can't wait to set goals. Any goal setters in the house? A handful, a handful. <laughs> I'm a reluctant goal setter, um, but, but I think it's important. It's important to look at the new year and say, what are things that, that I want to I hit the mark on? I'm not going to preach a message on goal setting this morning, though. Um, it was earlier in this week, um, I, was, I was doing my devotions over at Classic Coffee. I was with uh, Aaron and Jim, and um, just, just as a side note, I'm at Classic Coffee on Tuesday mornings and Friday mornings at 6.30, you want to come out and, and be in the Word and just spend some time, have a cup of coffee, you're welcome to join us. Um, but we were, we were sitting uh, in Classic Coffee this week, and we were reading out of James chapter 1, and there was a timely word for me. In fact, as I was journaling, I looked up at the guys, and I'm like, you're going to hear this again on Sunday, um, because the Word of God just spoke something to me, and he he just started ministering to, to, to me at the end of the year. I think something that is really, again, timely for us as the body of Christ to hear. And so I want to invite you to open your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're also going to be in Colossians chapter 3. James chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 3. You know that, that God's word, you know, I use that word timely. Someone had said to me once that, when you read a passage of Scripture that God knew before the foundations of the earth, that on that day at that time you would read that passage. That the Scripture, Hebrew says, is God-breathed and it is useful. And there are things that, that, that Scripture does in us. But you know that, that God set those things in place and that when we pick up the Word of God, when we pick up our Bible and we read, God knew that we would need to read those words on that particular day. And it is and that's, that doesn't matter. Even if you're reading out of a, a, a reading plan that's prescribed and you're like, well, we're all reading this. God knew. And not only that, I'll read something one time and it'll minister one thing to me. And then I'll read it another time and something completely different because God's word is active and alive. I'm totally getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. I'm excited. James chapter 1. I want to read out of verse 19 starting in verse 19 and going through verse 22, says this, My dear brothers, take note of this. Pause for a second. As I was studying this, this statement here, um, 
is, is not a, a, a passive statement. James is, as he's writing this, the way he wrote this in the original language, he's using language here that is, is basically he's shouting through the pages saying, everybody stop and listen to this. This isn't just a side note. Everyone needs to pay attention to what's about to be read. So let's listen to what he says. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I got done reading those words on Tuesday morning. And my mind was just racing. My mind was absolutely racing. In fact, I wrote in my journal, um, in the application part, and I'll talk about the, the SOAP method of journaling. But in the application, I just wrote these words. I am a reactor. I am a reactor. I, I know myself. I know the way I'm wired. And, and this verse, this passage ministers to me because I see myself in it. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm a very emotional person and, and things stir me up pretty quickly. Things like driving down the 210 freeway, right? Anyone else? You know what I'm talking about? Things will stir me up. And I will react. And, and as I was reading this, the Spirit just started ministering to me and saying to me, you know what, Barry, you need to not be a reactor. You, not, you need to not be a reactor. And my mind actually went to, and I started thinking about the, a, a nu- nuclear reaction. What happens in a nuclear reaction? And, and, and that idea of a reactor, and we, you know, we, we're familiar with the term a nuclear reactor. You've heard that if you've grown up in the Western world, that's something that you're familiar with. And so I started this week just reading a little bit, you know, because I thought, oh, I understand how this process works, and, and we have kind of this, this outside knowledge. But I started thinking about this process of, of nuclear fission, as, as it's called. Nuclear fission is a chain reaction at an atomic level that produces massive amounts of energy, like beyond what we can even comprehend and it is a chain reaction once you start the reaction it sets off more reactions just like it um you've probably all seen the picture of like the mushroom cloud when they're testing the weaponry right nuclear weapons and you see the mushroom cloud and all of that these things are incredibly powerful but it starts with something that your eye can't even see Starts with something your eye can't even see. We understand that nuclear, uh, this process, nuclear chain reaction, can be used for generating power. In fact, around the world right now, there are 430 nuclear power stations. Uh, they're used a lot on uh, reactors. They're used a lot on ships um, for, for generating power to, to drive those ships and submarines. And then, of course, we understand that, that nuclear fission is used in the making of weapons when it is an uncontrolled uh, reaction, it's used in a weapon, weaponized sense. But this process under control has amazing applications. It's really revolutionized the way that we generate power in the world around us. And I understand um, there's a lot of fear and all of this 
you know, when we think about nuclear plants, power plants, and all of that, and we're not going to go there this morning, but we do know this. It, it, when the discovery of nuclear fission happened in 1930, it changed a lot of the way that the world uh, was powered and the way we engaged in those kinds of things. Um, so, it's, so I wanted to know, well, what stops the process from happening? You ever, ever wondered, like, how do, they, how do they stop the process from just going out of control and things just blowing up, right? Well, there's this thing called a control rod, and what happens is they have a reactor, and this control rod that's made out of uh, an element that actually absorb the, the atoms, absorb the reaction, um, and, and end up don't have, don't, they don't have this fission uh, process happen to them. And they slide this control rod into the reaction chamber, and it slows the process. And if they remove the rod, it speeds up the process, and there's more of this fission, and then there's heat produced, which produces steam, which turns turbines, and, and then you can turn your, power, your light switch on at home, and you have electrical power. So back to me thinking I'm a reactor. Started thinking about how little things will set me off. Little things that, that really seem maybe even inconsequential to other people. Little things that maybe my wife would say to me or situations that would happen or things that would be implied or just things that really seem kind of benign. But somehow at a deep level inside of me, there's a reaction that starts. And left unchecked, it starts running rampant to the point that I will blow up. I will explode on my family, that words will come out of my mouth, that as they're coming out, you ever said words that as they're coming out, you're like, no, 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 but they, they come out anyway, right? Yeah, guy, all the guys in the room are like, oh, yeah, okay, stop now. <laughs> and we end up in places saying things and doing things that we wish we hadn't. Back to this end-of-the-year process, evaluating. I know there's things that I did and said this year that I wish I hadn't. There's words that I spoke in anger that if I could rewind the clock and go back, I wish I could, could not have said them. And as we take stock of the year, there's things that we can celebrate for sure, but there's also things that we regret. Anyone ever regretted anything? So, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to change my message to telling the truth. <laughs> we all have regrets. We all have things that we've said and done that we wish we could take back. Things that we've, we, we've thought and, and ways that we've acted. I mean, has anyone ever asked you what your most embarrassing moment is? Right? And every one of us, I guarantee you, every one of you could think right now what you're most embarrassing. Because it seems like you just can't forget it. Because those things stick with us. Things that I've said and done over the years, 10 years ago. Wow, I said that. I wish I hadn't. But there is hope. That the word of God allows us and gives us a way to bring those reactions under control. In the same way that that fission reaction, if left unchecked, will just run rampant and wreak all kinds of havoc and damage. That we can bring our words under control and stop them from just racing out of our mouths and having an impact and allowing our actions to do things that are harmful to other people. In fact, the word of God in Colossians chapter 3 gives us really the opposite of, of, of what... Um, 
of what that negative reaction should be. Here Paul says to us in chapter 3, verse 12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive what grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's what we're supposed to look like. That's what's the reaction, the the process, the, the response of our life to who God is and what Jesus has done in our lives. That's what it should look like. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. And forgiving whatever grievances. That's what should be the powerful result of our lives as we bring our our thoughts and our actions and our emotions under the authority of Jesus Christ. But that's not easy to do. See, because my heart just wants to do what my heart wants to do. Sometimes I give myself permission. I'll speak about me today. I give myself permission to be angry. I I give myself permission to to have a bad attitude. They had not treated me that way, and if they would not said that, then I'm going to... And things can spiral out of control, and before you know it, you're like, how did I end up in this funky place? Spewing just garbage on the people around me. God says, hold those things in check. See, God's given us a control rod. Just like in that fission uh, reaction in a reactor, there's a control rod that can be inserted that can stop the process. God's given us a control rod, and it's this right here. It's his word. And that was, as I was sitting at that table on Tuesday morning, thinking about the fact that I'm a reactor, God said, yes, but I can bring those reactions under control. I want to talk for a few minutes this morning about what that looks like, because, because I don't want us to just be a people who hear the word of God and go, well, that sounds good in theory. I mean, when it comes to fission reactions, I understand the theory very, very slightly, I mean, there are nuclear physicists who get this. And I mean, I was looking at Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia. And I'm looking at the equations on the page. And I'm like, yeah, what? I'm just going to give you the bare bones. I know we have science teachers in the house. And I'm like, I'm going to sound really kind of foolish this morning. But we get the idea. I don't want this to be a place where we hear the word of God and go, well, that sounds good in theory, but it has no practical place in my life. That the word of God is intensely practical that God has put things in place for us to be able to manage our hearts and our emotions and our lives to slow the reaction so that what Paul writes in Colossians, humility and peace and forgiveness, that those become the things, which by themselves, by the way, are incredibly powerful. 
They're incredibly powerful. But, they, but they're the result of a controlled process in our lives. So I want to look at three things. We're going to look at the heart. We're going to look at thoughts. And we're going to look at our actions. Our thoughts. Our hearts, our thoughts, and our actions. You see, the indwelling word of God, as, as, as Colossians says, Paul writes there in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you. The indwelling word of God that Christ has given us is going to give us power to contain some things. It's going to give us the power, first of all, to contain our hearts. That our hearts need to be contained. And he starts, we're going to start with the heart because, you know, when you're stressed out or when you're getting angry, where do you feel it? You feel it right here in your chest. You feel it in your heart. I don't, I don't think, it, my, my thoughts don't lead me to that place where I'm like, oh, I'm angry. It's here when I feel like the adrenaline start rushing and things get tight in my chest and I'm like, oh, no, I know where this is going. It's at that point that Paul, uh, rather James says, uh, in James chapter 1, he says, everyone should be quick to listen. He's dealing with the heart. Quick to listen. See, when I fail to listen, I give my heart permission to run wild. When I fail to listen, I'm saying to my heart, go ahead and just feel whatever you want to feel. Have you ever been in a conversation where you know you've not done a good job listening, and you've arrived at an emotional conclusion that you know is absolutely irrational, but it's too late. Maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> I've not done a good job listening, and because of that, my heart, I've given my heart permission to start running out of control, and I end up feeling feelings and emotions that are not rational. When Megan and I, in, in times of revisited conversations that we've had, and revisited the words that were spoken, and, and I say, well, you said this, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, that's not what I meant. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. Can I tell you, I believe that this is one of the major issues that we face in the world today, relationally, is that we have become a culture and a society that has lost the ability to listen because we're so overloaded with information and we've been told so much that, that it's all about you and it's all about what you need and what your desires are and satisfying self that to stop and actually listen to someone else, it really is kind of a, a foreign concept for many. Right? The number one rule of communication is listen. Listen to what someone is saying. Not just to their words, but listen to, to where they're coming from, what's going on in their lives. As a pastor, if I sit down with someone in a counseling session, the first thing I need to do is listen. Listen to, be, to what's being said, and I'll even pray and say, Lord, would you allow me to hear what's being said and what's not being said? You ever encountered someone who's just had a bad day? We've all been there, right? You've just had a bad day. And so maybe you've had a bad day and someone doesn't get the very best of who you are. And they could take it personally and go, well, that person just doesn't like me. 
Now, the reality is that you just had an encounter with them at the end of a really bad day. And sometimes it just takes stopping and listening. And you, are you okay? How are you doing? Let me tell you, it's been a rough one. And you get to disarm a situation that could run out of control. It could run out of control. Be quick to listen. That, that's an interesting uh, phrase, actually. I don't know about you, but I've read that before. And I'm like, quick to listen. How do you quick to listen? And do things quickly, but quick to listen. Where that quickening, it's, it's, there's an activation process that happens where I choose to slow down, to slow my thought processes, to keep my emotions in check, and I engage in listening to what someone is saying. I listen to where they're coming from. I'm listening to their words. See, passive listening results in wrong emotions. Passive listening results in wrong emotions. And again, if I don't listen, my emotions, I give my, my emotions permission to run rampant. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, For the word of God is active, alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Listen, it judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Your heart has thoughts and attitudes. Your heart can have a bad attitude. But it's the word of God that will step in and put those attitudes back where they belong. When we submit our hearts to the Lord and say, God, allow your word to speak to my heart. So while I'm listening to someone and I feel frustration start creeping up, I can say these words, maybe not out loud, but I can say, you know what? No, I'm a person of patience. Lord, give me patience to listen well. Let the word of God keep those things in check. And just picture, it's like pushing that rod back down into the reactor and neutralizing that process. See, but what we do is, man, something happens that rubs us the wrong way, and we just pull that control rod completely out. And things just, right? Have you ever had an argument over something silly? Anyone? Like, like an explosive, crazy argument that when you were all, and when the dust settled, and you're like, what were we even arguing about? That is a situation where the control rod is yanked right out of the reactor. And we're saying to our emotions, go for it. Just, just run wild. And you know and I know in those kinds of situations, no one wins. It's not a winning situation. And so the word of God becomes a control rod that we start pressing back into the reactor. That's why knowing God's word and committing it to memory. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because it's the place where these things are birthed out of. God says, let my word control those reactions. And so, we need to let the indwelling word of God have power to control our hearts. We need to be quick to listen. James goes on and he says that we need to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Any quick speakers in the house? You guys are tired this morning. I'm a quick speaker. Usually the words are out before the thought is completed. And, um, and there's a discipline issue there that's there that Scripture deals with. Slow to speak. This is where the heart process then becomes a mind process. Because my emotions are going, ah! And my thoughts respond. My brain goes, whoa! Something's happening here. 
Well, we need, it's a chain reaction, just like fission, where the heart's freaking out. Well, I guess the, the brain needs to follow suit. And now words start coming together in response to what the emotions are. And James says, be slow to speak. Why? Because, man, our brains will put strings of words together really quickly. And before we know it, those words are coming out of our mouths. And once it's said, it can't be unsaid. It can't be unsaid. I'm so thankful that God talks about forgiveness. Because we need it. Because we say things that if it were not for forgiveness, our relationships would be disastrous. But how much better would, be, would it be that when our brains start just running and their emotions going and our brains start thinking, I'm going to say this. Or have you ever been in a situation where while the person is talking, you're not listening, you're actually formulating your response to what they might say, right? They're not even done saying what they're going to say and you're already going, yeah, when they're done saying that, I'm going to say this. <laughs> and then they're going to say this in response to what I say. And you've already won the argument in your mind? Yeah. Right. Not a winning situation. Not a winning situation. Slow to speak. Don't let the words just come out of your mouth. Bring your thoughts under the authority of Scripture. And allow your words to be tempered. That doesn't mean you just sit there silently either. There's a place where we're supposed to speak. But our words should reflect what's here. See, because what's here and what's here quite often is, is not very good. But if I compare what's going on in my heart and in my mind to what's going, what, what, what God's word says, there's a better chance that my words will actually be life-giving and not suck the life from someone. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus says this, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. The evil man brings out uh, evil, evil things stored out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. See, if anything, our quick words reveal what's happening in our hearts. And they becoming, become an indictment against us, not by other people, but by the word of God. And so we deal first with the heart, and then we follow with the mind, with our thoughts and with our words. Proverbs 10.19 says, when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. That's good. When words are many, sin is not absent. And really what's happening there, that sin nature that says it's about me and I want what I want, is revealed. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Why you hold your tongue? Because at the end of the day, are my words going to be life-giving? Are they going to be peppered with Scripture? I had this thought this last week. I was picturing my words actually flowing through the word of God in a conversation. And I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I imagine this is like, you know, ever, anyone have a wa- water filter in your house? 
right? And you, I mean, we live in Glendora. We don't have the greatest water in the world. So you, you want to make sure you have a water filter. And that water filter is going to pick out the stuff in the water, those microscopic things that just are not good. They can affect the flavor and the taste and, and the nutritional value of that water can introduce things. Imagine if our words, as we said them, passed through the word of God, what would stick and what would come out? I think some of us would be kind of like a silent movie, right? But what he's saying here is let the word of God, before you say the words, why be slow to speak? Before you say the words, think about does this line up with the word of God? Is this something that's life-giving? Is this something that will be a blessing? Is it compassionate? Is it kind? Am I saying this in humility or out of pride? Is it gentle? We can say things with little barbs. Any fishermen? Uh, You know, a barbed hook? It, It hurts going in and coming out. I can say words that have barbs, and I can say, well... I can say things that seem like they're positive, but there are little barbs attached to it that cause damage. It can be a snare to other people. Am I being patient? Am I being forgiving in what I'm saying right now? Be slow to speak. Let the word of God temper your words and stop you from saying things that you go, I wish I hadn't said that. Wish I hadn't said that. And then finally... Your actions. James finishes the thought with saying, be slow in becoming angry. Slow to become angry. Again, this is a difficult one. There's things, every one of us have things in our lives that can set us off. That can touch on a nerve for us. That can get a response out of us. Every one of us to varying degrees. And maybe you know people in your life who are just perpetually angry. That's just their default setting. Are there people who can be like just everything's good and then all of a sudden they go from right zero to angry in, in, a, in a fraction of a second and you're like, whoa, what just happened? And then, there, and, and then I'm thankful for people who, man, anger is just not a part of their just easy going. And, and more often than not, those people are people who have allowed the word of God to really take hold in their lives. And they say, I'm going to choose not to just go the route of anger. Be slow becoming angry. We're not called to be a people marked with anger. Again, Colossians. God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothed in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These should be the marks of our lives as Christ followers, as, as believers, here in the church, in our homes, in our workplaces, and everywhere we go. And back up a second, in our homes. You know, sometimes we let our guard down in our homes, and I let attitudes come out in my home that I wouldn't anywhere else. That I'll get angry at my wife and my kids over things that I will let slide with other people. And I just say this morning, and I am preaching to myself right now, that's not okay. And God says, be slow to become angry. Don't let that reaction run out of control. Don't let your emotions get stirred, your brain get revved up, words come out of your mouth, and anger fill your heart. 
Stop. Stop. And let the word of God temper those things. Let that, that, that control rod of the word be plunged down into that reaction. And let it take all of the power out of it. And let's let the things that God wants to be produced be produced in our lives. But it's all the, contingent on this. You can't live it if you don't know it. You can't live it if you can't. 2016 will be no different to 2015 if God's word doesn't become a greater part of your life. And as a pastor, this is the thing that burns inside of me. It's the thing that I'm passionate about. See, because I get to see some of you once a week, some of you maybe a couple of times a week. We'll have life groups starting up here again in a few weeks, and then you'll get to spend some more time. But that's just, that's a small part of your week. The rest of the time, it's up to you and it's up to me before the Lord say, how much is this a part of my life? And, and, and it's not about listening to great sermons or just listening to good worship music, which those things are great. But at the end of the day, the thing that brings about transformation in our lives is the, the, uh, the degree to which we engage with the word of God for ourselves. We have to go there. If you don't know it, you can't live it. If you don't know what scripture says, you can't allow it to be a filter for yourself. And so the more you know, as David said, I already said, I quoted this, this passage, I've hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. One of the things we do here at New Community, and if you're part of our church, you know this, you've seen this, um, we do the Solid Life Journal. See, because I'm a tool guy. I need tools. I love tools. Um, and so, so sometimes we, we start out a year. I, when I was a kid, I would like do the whole, I'm going to read the entire Bible from cover to cover this year. Right? And by January 4th, wasn't doing so hot. Maybe missed a day. And by the 12th, I was like, well, I've missed a whole bunch. And there's just all kinds of catch-up that I have to do. And by the end of the month, Bible's on the bookshelf. And I'm getting the word bits and pieces here and there. We need just good tools. Solid Life Journal is an easy way. We'll have a stack of them on the welcome table. If you have one, keep going for it. If you need a new one, grab one. See, we have a, we have a box of these at the office. And I would rather them be in your hands with your, with your Bible um, than be in a box at the office. So if you need one, grab one this morning. What, is, what does it do? What is the value of this tool? Well, it's not just about reading the Bible. It's not just about reading the Bible. We actually have to be able to capture some of those thoughts and hide them away. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart. Well, when I read six chapters of scripture, what do I hide, right? There's a little bit of a saturation that's happening. And by, the end, by the, that evening, I'm like, what did I even read this morning? Well, a simple way to capture some of those thoughts, because remember, Hebrews says that it's alive and active. God's word is alive and active, and that God will speak a timely word to you every day. That he will have something that his spirit will bring alive and deposit in your heart. And you need a way to capture those thoughts. And that's all that this journal is. It's a way to capture those thoughts. There's a, a reading plan that's in, included in it. In fact, you can access that reading plan a few different ways. Um, 
fact, I have it up on the screen there. It's in the Solid Life Journal. It's in here. It's, a, it's an annual reading plan. There's three levels. You can do just a New Testament reading plan. You can do a, a Solid Life reading plan, which is reading the whole Bible. And then there's a one-two reading plan. It's the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. Um, and it just gives you... So maybe, maybe you're like, I'm not a fast reader. And I just... You know, I think a lot of Bible reading uh, goals go by the wayside because we set goals for ourselves that are not realistic. Like, don't set a goal for yourself that's not realistic. Start with just the New Testament reading plan this next year. But get into the Word, even if it's just a bit. Get into the Word. You can find that plan in the journal. It's in the bulletin every week. If you look on the bulletin right in the top right corner, the reading for the next week is in the bulletin every week. Uh, it's, uh, the whole plan is available on the church website. You can download it. And then the Bible app. This is the easiest way, and this is what a lot of people do. You can download the Bible app, look for the Solid Life Reading Plan, and have it right on your Bible. It's, and you can, you can mark your progress. You can even read it. Some of the Bible versions have an audio version that you can listen to. Um, I, I like doing that. I'll be in the car, and I'll just be listening to the, the reading for that day over and over again. Um, and it just kind of gets in there. Well, what's the next step? Well, there, we use the acronym SOAP, S-O-A-P, SOAP Journaling Method. And this is, this is what it is. S stands for Scripture. S stands for Scripture. And what you're going to do as you're reading, just be looking for one passage that just really stands out to you. Something that the Lord just stirs your heart and says, yeah, that's it. For me, it was James chapter 1. This passage on Tuesday, that's what I journaled on because the words jumped off the page, stirred my heart, and I was like, oh, that's it. And so I journaled on that. And in your journal, what you want to do is actually write the verse. So, so you'll see on the page, um, you can see one of my entries here. I actually write out the passage of Scripture. So here is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, and I wrote it out. Why? Because when you write it, you commit it to memory. It's easier to remember something if you write it out. Write the passage out. O is observation. What's happening? What's happening in the Scripture? James here was writing a letter uh, to the believers, and he was encouraging the believers. And just write something that you observe happening in the scripture. A is application. A is application. How does it apply to me? I think this is where a lot of Bible reading kind of goes off the rails as we read it and go, well, that sounds good, but what does it even mean to me? Scripture is always applicable. And ask yourself as you're reading, how does this apply to me? More often than not, it's pr- pretty obvious. Because God's word will shine a huge honking light, right? Right on our hearts. And you'll be like, oh. Some days it's like, oh, I have to choose what I have to journal on because there's so much speaking. But the application, and it's simple. A short paragraph, a couple of sentences. Lord, I'm not very patient. Or like I wrote in my journal, I am a reactor. God, help stop that process in my heart from reacting. And then finally, a P is prayer. P is prayer. See, because we start with the word, we identify what God is saying, and then just cry out to him, Lord, help me live this out today. Simple. Most people can do this whole process, the reading and the journaling, in about 25 to 30 minutes um, out of your day. But can I tell you, when you do this, when you start this process, and it's a discipline, it's a discipline, when you start doing this on a regular basis, you'll find that 
the quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be, become angry gets easier. See, because now you have the control rod. You have the ability to say, you know what? I just read this morning that I'm not supposed to have that kind of attitude. I just read this morning and the Holy Spirit was convicting me about, about being proud and having pride as a part of my life. And I need to be humble. I need to humble myself. And God's word daily will allow you to stop the, the out-of-control reaction that can lead not just to anger, but all kinds of negative things in our lives. And it'll introduce his peace, his patience, his kindness, his love into our lives. Let's allow God's word to be that filter for us. I want to close again with reading Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. I want to speak this over as a blessing over you for 2016. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one, admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let God's word dwell in you this year. Let's stand together this morning. Our worship team is going to come back up in a minute. We're going to close uh, with two songs this morning. As we go into this next song, take some time between you and the Lord and let what He's been speaking, not my words, let what He has been speaking to you settle in. I think sometimes we, we hear a message, we hear the word, and we're out the door on our way to lunch. Sometimes we just need to simmer a little bit. Allow God to speak to you in this moment. Grab a journal today. If you're not someone who's regularly in the Word, I don't know what your goals are for 2016, but, but make that a priority. Bump that up to the top of the list. See, because when we're in line with God's Word, when we're allowing God's Word to direct us, everything else comes into line. It'll fall into place behind the Word. It has to be a priority. Father God, this morning, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that we don't have to uh, come up with our own good ideas, Lord, and, and even those attitudes in our hearts, Lord, that you have a way to counteract those things, to temper those things, Lord, those times when those reactions want to run out of control in our hearts and lives, Lord, that you stop and you say, I've got a way, I've made a way out. I've given you my word. I've put my word in your heart. Now allow it to bear the fruit that I want to bear. Lord, I pray for each one this morning as we set our sights on 2016. May, may we be people of your word. People who love your word, who read your word, who embrace your word, who live your word daily. So Lord, that the result of our lives would be peace and kindness and blessing and love and joy and the fruit of the Spirit evidence to a world who desperately, desperately want more of you. And we give you praise for that. We're going to worship together. Um, after the first song, our worship team will come forward and um, our ushers will come forward to receive the offering. If you need